Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey. And with me tonight, for the first time in a couple of weeks, we have Josh Cacho. Josh, how you been, man? It is good to be back and even better now that we know that we have the Galaxy in the first round. Or, I mean, in this, in this next round of the playoffs. So, you know, obviously leaves a little, you know, probably a little bit nervous, but at the same time, at the, at the, you know, I think it's the one that we've, we've all been anticipating and kind of been hoping to be able to get that monkey off our back to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely time now, if, if not now, when, um, obviously LAFC and galaxy, for those of you who somehow have not heard, but still listen to this podcast, are playing on Thursday night in the second round of the MLS playoffs, um, a system that we will talk about at a later date. This is the next match on our schedule, so we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, and one with huge ramifications, obviously, for LAFC's dreams of becoming the greatest team ever to you know in in MLS history, um, and huge implications for Galaxy, who are still out to prove a point that. Uh, they can just spend as much money as they want and continue to thwart LAFC and their hopes and dreams. So, Josh, uh, what do you think of Galaxy's performance last night against Minnesota United? I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, the one thing that you you could say about the Galaxy over the last, what, two months of the season was their defense has just been absolutely horrid, right? It's almost like since that second half of the the match at the bank, they've just been bleeding goals, right? And so the one thing that I think that they were going to try and and do was was to be a lot more solid defensively. And so they, you know, and, and when it, when you look at a team like Minnesota who couldn't score goals, I mean, this, you know, if you look at the two weaknesses between those two teams, Minnesota was a team that couldn't score goals and the Galaxy was a team that couldn't stop them. So it was just a matter of who who's whose weakness was going to, you know, to rear their its ugly head first. And, you know, for the most part, until what late in the game, the Galaxy held fairly firm, even though they did have a give up quite a few, you know, a few chances and opportunities there, um, especially in the run of play. You know, like it's one thing to give up a set piece opportunity or whatever it may be, but the, the chances that Minnesota missed were, were just on basic buildup. And so while their their defense is still there to be had i think they probably they probably played one of the better games that they've had in a while which you know obviously isn't saying much given how they finished how they finished the season off but again you know they they were a little bit more defensively solid but it helps to play when you're playing four center backs at the same time and the opposing team has zero wing play to speak of yeah i i think it's interesting that you say uh you know Minnesota couldn't score throughout the season and Galaxy couldn't defend because both managers kind of bet against the other team in that direction where you have uh, Adrian Heath not playing any forwards to speak of and uh, Scalotto basically saying, all right, I'm going to take my fullbacks and put them on the bench. I'm going to put in what really amounts to five center backs if you count Perry Kitchen. Um who I believe has played center back in the past and just bet on the fact that, you know, one of us will get a goal one way or the other. And uh, Galaxy took the uh, took the game last night. Uh, kind of feel like the first goal was a bit haphazard and mostly a mental breakdown from 
Minnesota Minnesota United, who had defended pretty well all night. Um, and then the second one just seemed like it was inevitable after Galaxy got a little bit of momentum. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily repeatable uh, on Thursday. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. But um, Well, I mean, I think some of the takeaways from from the way that they gave up their goals was off of mistakes, right? The Galaxy, you know, largely have not been a, a team that's good enough to actually score goals in like a nice buildup you know, or with like rehearsed patterns and stuff that looks nice to watch, right? With the exception of Zlatan having his big moments throughout the game, you know, throughout the year and so on and so forth. Outside of that, right, that the way that their team is constructed, given, you know, and given some of the, their personnel, they're, they're not ones that are going to really show you that. And so I think the takeaway is that, you know, it's just if you can limit your own your own mistakes, Right, which is something that we haven't done in the previous two matches this this season or even last season for that matter. Right, is we end up in all those games we end up beating ourselves we, with the exception of the first game this year, right, where we thoroughly got outplayed. Right, like the midfield got outplayed, defense got you know worked, um, you know, in, by you know I think that was the three two, but really was more three one um, in the first game this mm-hmm. season, and so you know, outside of that one, outside of that game, right? Mo- the, the games that are, we're going to remember most in the, and the games that we probably should have won are games in which we had mistakes that beat ourselves, right? Not cl- making the right clearances, scrambling, getting, you know, not just not having that solidity or making stupid, you know, making stupid passes, right? I think it was Quintero that, that made like a pretty bad back pass that led to, you know, he just doesn't see the runner coming, and and that leads to their one of their goals. And so, you know, just like in our in the, the last game at the bank, where you give up those early goals because again, it's sloppy play through the midfield, quick giveaway, and then next thing you know, it's Pavone and Zlatan on the counter, right? So if you yeah. can limit your mistakes there, you know, it's not like Perry Kitchen is going to pass, you know, try, is going to be able to like to to slice you, you know, slice you up with with his passing, right? There's a reason why he's, you know, he never surpassed Michael Bradley, you know, even given how, you know, Bradley's, how old Bradley has been at this point in, in the U.S. Men's National Death Chart, um, because he just was never, he never really showed that quality to be able to do that. And so even, you know, Dos Santos is probably the only one there, but again, he's has been tasked lately <clears throat> with trying to play more as a number six than anything else. And so, he has to give so much on the defensive end that he usually doesn't have much, especially in these games, to offer on the offensive side of things. And so, again, limiting your mistakes is is going to be critical. And I think that, to me, that was the bigger takeaway from the game that I saw. Yeah, so I, I went back and rewatched the match from August. Um, and those first 16 minutes where Galaxy got their three goals were just so frantic and so frustrating to watch again. I mean, we've already, I think we've talked about this game twice on the show, um, but it was pretty frustrating to go back and watch and see just how many forced passes um, Mark Anthony K, especially, and then Edward Atuesta make when they're not even under much pressure to do so, where you have the Galaxy midfield basically playing retreated and right in front of the back line and there's plenty of green space in front of the midfielders, but they're trying to force passes 
either through the lines or out to the wing. And time and time again, they were just intercepted uh, because that was clearly the game plan. Galaxy were just going to wait for the entry pass and step into the passing lane and spring the counterattack, like you said. And once you have Christian Pavon and Zlatan running at your back line, which is disorganized because you've got your fullback so high, it's kind of over. Um, and I mean, that that's really all that happened in the first 16 minutes. And I, I don't know who the commentator was that pointed it out, but one of the sideline reporters was down on the field and she had spoken to one of the Galaxy assistants who basically said, like, we're looking to play direct balls in between their fullbacks. Where in the first game, you saw a lot of direct balls to Zlatan and he was knocking them down. In this game, I felt like that was taken away a little better, and they're just looking to find Pavone behind Betashore. Um, and then and then spring the counterattack while we're trying to regroup and get back into a defensive shape. So, like you said, you definitely have to limit mistakes um, and not allow them to put the foot on the put their foot on the gas pedal right away like we did last time. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think, I think we can I, go ahead? No, I mean, I think it was what I texted you during that game where at the beginning, it's like, honestly, if you just end up, you know, if you just approach the game with a little less tempo, right, and you you actually make the Galaxy come out and play. And so if you're just not running at them in a thousand miles an hour the whole time, and you actually, you know, and, and you just take your time and you're a little bit more patient, I actually think you rip them apart, right? But the thing is, like I said, is the way that you've, like you said, the way that we've started has been so frantic, has been so explosive in terms of the built up that again it 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 ends up resulting in some of the chances that we end up giving up you know and again and it again it was put on beta shore and it was put on harvey to a certain degree a bit i think a bit unfairly because of the positioning because of where the ball was given away and then what um you know and and what they're asked to do on the offensive side of thing and so i think like at the end of the day the biggest thing comes where you know, again, if 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 you play within yourself, you don't play again with, you know, trying to do too much essentially, right? I think you, you know, again, from a talent perspective, I think we we very much, um, you know, out 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 outgun them with the exception of obviously Zlatan up front. Yeah, I, I think another thing too is after those first sixteen minutes, you could tell Galaxy retired, and you have Zlatan at the end of the match admitting as much as well. Um, so I think this is one of those matches where if you let them run at you initially and you let them press as you just kind of possess the ball and methodically build up rather than forcing those, uh, more direct passes to the wings or, or, uh, through the middle of their center backs. Um, I think if you just possess the ball and let them chase you for a little bit and see what happens then, then you can then you can save yourself a lot of grief in the, you know, especially in the second half when they're going to be too tired to run at you. I mean, the guy that's scoring all the goals is 38 years old and nobody else on that, on that team looks all that fit other than Jonah Dos Santos. Um, so let the back line tear tire itself out. Let Zlatan tire himself out and just kind of take their, take their legs from him, especially given that they just played on Sunday night. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing. I I think you just have, you know, play your game, but then just also play smart, right? And I think the the pace at which they've come out in these last couple of games has not been 
what Bob has wanted in terms of control and, and those types of things. And, you know, I think it goes against the, some of the, you know, like we had talked a lot about principles during that uh, little bit of that rough patch mm-hmm. and that, you know, and if they can, you know, I think hopefully the, this, what, what, three weeks off we've had now since the last game? Um, uh, about two weeks, yeah. Yeah, so with that amount of time, and you know, and you're in training, those are things. Those are the things that they should hopefully have been hammered home, um, in in terms of getting things together. Right, it's just getting back to principles, playing within that principle, you know, and then, like I said, adjusting tactically as the game kind of goes on. Right, as as you start to see what they do, you adjust, you know, make slight adjustments, and but at the end of the day, you know, you it's the person that can hold true to their principles in term, you know, in terms of how they're their game plan is is ultimately the one that's going to win this one out, right? Because given it's easy to move away from those things when you're in emotional state, right? And then, you know, you see it with the Galaxy all the time. Whatever their whatever game plan Scoloto sets out for them usually is out the door when they start getting frustrated that they can't build up normally. Then they just start lumping balls mm-hmm. to Zlatan, which works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't, right? But you could see that, you know, again, in the beginning of you know, in the first game and then in the beginning of the second, that they're, you know, they were the ones that stayed truer to their initial principles in terms of how they wanted to play as opposed to, I think the way that we were playing was a bit out of character. Yeah, I, it, it kind of makes me wonder um, if it is worth considering who beats whom over 120 minutes. Because I think like LAFC, I think LAFC clearly has the edge, and you could say that LAFC is, despite losing or drawing all these matches, has looked more dominant, more consistently. But we go through these, you know, ten to fifteen to twenty minute lapses where we just get absolutely shredded by by the Galaxy. You saw it when you know going back to the first match when Zlatan comes on in what, I mean, 65th minute or so, 70th minute, and he just tears the game apart. And uh, again, in this last match, where the first 20 minutes are just us chasing them around and forcing balls in, uh, and then the next 70 minutes are us completely dominating them, and then Carlos Vela gets injured, so that's probably why you don't get your last goal. Um, So not that Bob is going to do that, but they can take their time. This is going to go to extra time if it's tied. Don't concede any silly goals at the beginning. Um, and then methodically work your way towards a win, even if it takes extra time. I don't know. That's how I see it. But what do you think about that strategy? No, you know, and again, I, and it's, I think it's a tactic that you can use with that doesn't stray too far away from, you know, like you're not changing formation. You're not changing the way than the style that you play. You know, it's just being smart on the ball more than anything yeah right and again being more methodical i think like you're saying it's the playoffs right and it's the it's this is not a it's not it's a battle of attrition at this point it's okay after 38 games right and this was one of always one of those things that you know um that in basketball you would see all the time right i remember my dad would always talk when we would watch Laker games back in the day, um, when it was the Shaq Kobe days, and the biggest thing that you would say is like, if they're within ten points heading into the third quarter, they're going to win, right? With yeah. and with just confidence about that, because at the end of the day, in that last ten minutes, if you've been able to survive that first part, right, 
then your eventually your skill your your skill and personnel matchups and in terms of what you're able to do from a personnel standpoint if you have a better team that's going to that's going to show itself at that point in the game right in which you don't often see right in the beginning of a game you know mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where even when i when i've coached you know sports you you know if you have a good team you're going to get everyone's best shot for the first half right or in some yeah. circumstances 20 minutes of a game right they're going to you're going to see a team that you thought was previously just garbage come out swinging and look like better than they've ever looked you know throughout the whole season which is what we generally get from the galaxy every single time we play right is that they look horrible for the majority of the season and all of a sudden they turn into another monster in that game because that's what you should expect you know when you're on top the target's now in your back and that's what you got to expect the question is can you weather the storm early on and then again let your talent again eventually overcome in that battle of attrition and i think yeah. again when when they're making substitutions and you're bringing on people like um mr alex morgan right at the end of the game we still have palacios on the bench we still have dio on the bench you still have yeah. you know quality guys coming off the bench comparatively to again the what what the galaxy have to offer right. especially at the at towards that last that last phase yep I mean, look at let's let's go through that. Some of the people that you can likely expect to see uh, off the bench if you need defensive cover or, or whatever it is. Uh, you've got Tristan Blackman. You've got Diego Palacios. You've got Mohamed El Munir. I mean, this is assuming Bob start trots out his usual starting eleven, which we'll get into here shortly. Uh, Mark Anthony K might be available for thirty or so minutes. You've got Dio still uh, that we haven't mentioned. I mean, those are five. Uh, solid players, solid MLS players that you can bring in to really help shore up either your defense or add somebody in the attack um, and really and really uh, seal off a, a match. So I, I'm all about being patient. You know that you can rely on those guys, even if it goes to extra time to give you a little more, especially, I mean, Dio's probably the big question there, but if you're bringing him on at 60, at the 60th minute or the 65th minute, you can get 45 minutes out of him uh, where he's going to be uh, where he's going to be dangerous. So I, I like our chances if it goes, if this game goes to extra time. Yeah. You know, like I, I think it's, you know, again, really a matter of just keeping your nerve early, right. More than anything. And I think that's yeah. where we've struggled at times. And I think the best game, the best time we've, the best we've played early is in the very first match. Right, was leading up and you know up until what the 60 or 70th minute when Zlatan came in the game, you're up three nothing at that point, mm-hmm. right? And and again, it's once once the pressure started piling piling on, then you get away from your skill, right? And then in the second game, obviously Matt goes down, and that changes the changes the tone of the game a little bit. But you know, it's it's one of those things where you've seen it in flashes, you've seen it in bunches. It's just a matter of whether or not they can do it when it really matters. And I think that's that's going to be the question that we have, you know, we're going to have to ask and, and hopefully we'll see in the beginning of the game because, again, I think the first 20 minutes of that game will ultimately decide the, 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 the rest of it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, man, I really do. You think back to these matches and I, I really don't think an early goal helps LAFC because – they need to they need to be in control of the emotional state 
And even if they come out and get a goal in the first five minutes, I mean, we saw what happened when Vela bags that penalty uh, in the first El Trafico this this uh, this season, where he comes out first two minutes, gets a penalty, and Zlatan then goes off for three for you know a hat trick. Um, so I really do think it's about preserving the the mental state and being able to just remain baseline, you know, just remain calm play the smart pass, uh, take the smart chance. But we probably talked this point to death. So in search of that, Josh, what are you doing with this lineup, given the injuries, given the past performances, and uh, the fact that we've got a couple weeks rest right now? Yeah, and I think this was actually one of the questions that we had gotten, or the only question yeah, we got tonight. Let me read that, actually. That's probably a better idea. So at foot football two. looking at the two games this year at how Houston beat Carson and how Minnesota controlled the ball until 65 minutes Sunday. What's the best back line for LAFC on Thursday asking for a friend. And then he also quote tweeted us and gave us his back line. He wants to see an aggressive back four, Palacio Segura Blackman and beta. Yeah, I mean, I think here's the thing. I think I don't, I'm not actually sure it was the back line that was the biggest issue in these games. It's been the midfield, right? Yeah, you lose yeah. when you when you turn over the the ball in the midfield as often as we did in these last couple of games, you're going to lose, right? Simple yeah. as that. Um, and and the part where we look like we were playing better and where we were more likely to win is when the midfield settled down and played under control and that sort of thing. And so, from a backline perspective, obviously you have to think about the speed of um of of Pavone and those types of things. I think for me, I think you probably go I think I okay, let's put it this way. I, I think Bob's probably gonna go with some with I'm assuming Blackman. I want to say Blackman on the right, Harvey um and then Zimmerman and Segura, and then probably Harvey on the left. Right. Yeah. I probably want to see that flipped and see Palacios on the left with Beta on the right. Yeah. In in terms I mean, of having so- that balance between like that that ultra athletic person and then that that veteran who's going to be able to be smart in the bigger moments, right? Yeah. Especially, honest, I don't it, even th- know. I don't no even reason. know if if Bob is going to go with a rotated back line at all. I think the I mean, most likely thing is that you see the standard back four, Harvey, Segura, Zimmerman, and, and Betashore. Not saying that that's what I would do, but I would not be surprised if that's what Bob goes with, given that Betashore has the has the big cross for the the first goal from Latif Blessing. And Harvey, it, that's his guy. He's going to ride with Harvey, uh, for better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I think the biggest thing is that you have to, you know, pay consideration to the matchups and some of those things as well, though, right? And and mm-hmm. I think given given what the issues that we've seen Segura have with Zlatan posting him up, right? And then you're going to see a lot of that again, right? And Segura was definitely more up to the challenge in the second in the second match. I think it was actually Walker that got that got beat when he tried to flick on or when he tried to play a ball to an offside Zlatan or but you know I think I think that was the I think that that's what I think I saw from a defensive point standpoint 
become more stable and when they had more availability there was when they had um you know i think it was when i think blackman was playing center back his ability to just you know get out diagonally and cut balls out you know that that were coming in from behind and those types of things was was definitely you know a sight for sore eyes comparatively to the way that we had been playing previously where it was a little bit more straight up um you know and so yeah does it move you out of position a little bit yeah but at the same time i feel like the recovery speed definitely helps out a lot you know again and i think the one thing to consider is that with mark anthony k out right and knowing that you're not going to get the same defensive stability that you normally would you know from lee that you get from him um mm-hmm. That's where I would probably be. I think you're probably going to see one of the fullbacks being more of a faster guy that can help recover again because yeah. you're not going to be able to get that from Lee to yeah. the same extent, at least that you would normally get from uh, from Harvey. I mean, uh, sorry, from Mark Anthony K. Yeah, I do. I do think that if it's me making the lineup, um, I'd be perfectly fine throwing out Palacios and Blackman. Um, the, the one question I do have about Palacios is then you have two really short players on that left-hand side, whereas Laton likes to park. Um, and not that Harvey's all that tall, but one thing I did notice in this last game is he was in Zlatan's ear and Zlatan actually went and complained to the ref a few times about Harvey, you know, leaving in a late challenge. So it, that does make me wonder, is Harvey capable of kind of some of those dark arts, those veteran dark arts? Uh, and just throwing him off his game even a little bit. Um, and I, I completely trust Blackman at this point. I think he's a solid defender, and I think he adds a lot into the attack. Um, I don't I don't think you necessarily lose anything by bringing Beta Shore off and, and adding Blackman. So, I don't know. Well, it, it, I, I am perplexed at what Bob is going to do because so many times I feel like it would make sense for him to rotate a new defender in, and then he just goes with the tried and true uh, back line that we're so used to seeing. What about yeah. keeper, Josh? What are you doing there? Oh, do you have something about the back line again? Sorry. Well, I mean, I think, it, you know, and this is going to bring in like a little bit of an American football reference, right? Is that, you know, in, in the biggest of games, right? This is when you have to, you have to pull out all the stops, right? And I think it was, it's Bill Belichick who famously just says, we're going to take away your, your number one option no matter what like our that that is our goal on defense and if you beat us with two and three so be it right and honestly i think you know those are the some of the things that you have to kind of look at and say okay if we're gonna get beat right it's gonna be because we get beat by ariel and tuna right right who who, who can maybe you know like maybe he gets on the end of one but even then he, like and who, who hasn't really showed to do it consistently right and so if you get beat by a guy who is inconsistent Okay, so be it. But you don't, you can't get beat by someone's, you know, number one and two options, right? So that being Zlatan and 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 Pavone. So I think those are the things. You know, ultimately, I think in in a big game, as you yeah. take away their number two, and the Galaxy haven't shown that ability to adjust and to give you something else. I, you know, again, I, if anything, from a tactical standpoint, I have to think that regardless of who starts, that is going to be their first task from as in, in terms of the back line. It's just to take away whatever their first their first option is, right? We've seen it. People try and do it to Carlos Vela, right? It's like, okay, we know Vela wants to do this or that or whatever. 
you know, and if he beats us with a wonder goal, so be it. But we're not going to let him beat us in in this particular fashion or whatever it may be. And so that's what I want to kind of see if, if anything is like what's what's the what's the defensive tactic, right? That makes that team go to their second and third because, again, given given the structure of MLS, usually after your first option, there's a there's usually a significant drop off after your first and second options is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Yeah. I think they do have Roman Alessandrini coming back. He played, he played the end of this last game. Okay. I don't know. I honestly don't know what you get from him after coming off of an injury and trying to fit in with the team. I mean, not like there's a, there's a coherent style that he's trying to fit in with. It's mostly just let's get as many stars on the field and see what they can do. Yeah, I mean, at the end of a game, right, it allows them to not have to push numbers forward at nearly as much as they would, you know, Yeah. yeah. otherwise, right? So you can you can sit, you know, I think in this last game you saw with Minnesota, they when he came into the game, it's almost like they sat back even more, right? Then now right. you're really just playing, you know, four center backs that are inside the box and then one defensive midfielder that runs around in front of them, right? And is playing mm-hmm. the wings and doing all those different things. And so... Because at the same time, once you, basically once you've changed, once you've turned over possession, you're just lumping the ball forward to either him or um, or Pavone, and then letting them see and letting them create, right? Because it just gives them one more creator that they didn't have previously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, how good is he? How sharp is he? Those are you know that question, you know, still hasn't truly been answered. And again, you know, no one's saying it's like, oh, you know, he was one of the better players on their team two years ago but look how good that they were they were the worst team in the league two years ago so right, it's not saying right. much yeah all right what about goalkeeper josh what are you doing here i want to say cisnega right just because i feel like again i i think miller just a l- look a little shook and you're not at a point now where you're 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 going to give him the leash to to try and redeem himself right like this is the play yeah. regular season games is where, you know, especially in a playoff system is a time for is a time where you can get redemption first, you know, the second game of, of two matchups or whatever it may be, but playoff games when it's all or nothing. And again, it's not like you have a, a second a home and away leg, man, you got to go, you got to go with a match winner. And again, I think to this point, Cisnega has been the only only one that's shown his ability to become to be more of a match winner. I think he still has a mistake in him every now and then, but at the same time, he's also a guy that can win you a game with a save, as opposed to Miller. At times, just seems like he's holding on for dear life. Yeah, I mean, the one moment for me this season that stands out so clearly to me of a guy who's just unsure of himself is that second goal from Zlatan in the last match against them where that's the one that you mentioned earlier was Zimmerman kind of putting a deflected ball through to an offside Zlatan who's then one-on-one with the keeper. And granted any, any goalkeeper in the world is going to have to think twice about this, but the fact that Miller doesn't come out and just dive at that man's feet uh, to take away the ball and just say, you know, if I get beat here, I get beat, but, at least I'm not going to try and put in a standing challenge against what was at one point one of the best number nines in the world. Um, to me, that's the moment where you just know that Miller Miller probably doesn't have it against these guys. 
because the, he's just like you said he, he's he's a little shook uh even the goal against Pavon uh it's not I, when I saw that one again, he gets beat near post. He thinks he's going to go far post, so he starts to cheat over. Uh, man, that one looks worse to me a month and a half removed from from that match. So I'm with you on Cisniega. I think that's the way you got to go. Would it surprise me to see Bob throw out Miller? No, it wouldn't. Um, because at this point, I really don't know what they're doing with the goalkeepers. But if it's me, it's Cisniega. So. Yeah, and I think there's also something to be said by... You know, the I there's something to be a little to be said about like the naivete of young players, right? Like you stick a Rodriguez in here who, you know, yeah, he, you know, he played in half of a half of the Trafico, right? But he doesn't, he hasn't been around long enough to really understand and feel the gravity of it, right? Same thing with mm-hmm. Palacios. So at that point, are you playing, you know, are you just going to have their, their, an opportunity for their talent to really shine at the biggest stage at that moment, right? Because again, it, they don't, they're not nearly as invested, you know, at this point, given the amount of time they've been here. And again, I think for Cisnega, right? He, he's a guy who, he, who, who seems like a short-term, you know, he has a very good, like a short-term memory in all the best ways when it comes to sport, right? You know, whether that's, you know, you talk about it with quarterbacks in the NFL or, you know, with shooters in the NBA, right? Having a short-term memory and, and being able to just move on to the next one is you know one of the more valuable traits that you can have especially from high performers um and that's that's unfortunately what i'm not sure miller has you know sometimes it's it seems like he he overthinks things like he's because he's trying to overcompensate for what he may lack either physically or whatever you know whatever's keeping him from being a top tier goalkeeper right he's not a match winner in the way that zach stefan was or anything like that right at, at the international level or at the club level and so to a certain degree, right, is that short-term memory that some of these other guys seem to have, whether it's because of youth and inexperience or because, again, they are top performers, you know, is is that something that, and I, in, in these types of games, it's something that I, I, I'm really high on in, in terms of your ability to pull through in a big moment, right? It's the ones that tend to over, overthink it and overcompensate are the ones that tend to fall short in most of those situations as opposed to ones that just go out and just, you know, they don't care. You just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move it up to the midfield. I don't know that we have very many choices here, given Kay's physical state right now. Um, I, I assume we end up seeing Atuesta with Kay, right, with uh, with Win and Blessing. I don't know how you take Blessing out of the out of the roster at this point, um, especially given that he scored a brace last time. Um, so I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of controversy in who you're going to be starting in this one. The surprise start is Alejandro Guido or Guido, whatever <laughs> it comes out of nowhere to win, to win, to sit Sanelio see through. Oh, could you imagine? Wow. <laughs> he, the, the only appearance he makes after he's been on a, on the sideline riding the bike for the majority of the season because yeah, of his quad yeah. strain, the phantom quad strain. Yeah. Think of it as the savior. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right there. I mean, you're you're not left with much option after K went down with that hamstring injury mm-hmm. in the in the U.S. national team Canada game. One thing we kind of talked about you and I before the show was what you get from Lee Win. I think, I mean, it's obvious that he he's probably not going to give you as much defensive cover, especially when 
uh, tracking back after a turnover as Mark Anthony K would, especially in the match in August. Again, I'm bringing this up a lot because I just watched rewatched it today. K did make a couple a couple runs back to uh, dispossess a, a Galaxy midfielder. You're not going to get that from Lee Wynn. I think you need to see Atuesta hang back a little bit more and be more patient, as we've already talked about. But one thing that I really like is Lee Wynn's propensity to get wide when he's out there. And he's not afraid to get on the wing and take a defender on 1v1. And as we've already mentioned, they're, the Galaxy fullbacks aren't very good. A lot of times they're playing center backs there instead. Um, Lee Wing can beat those guys. So that may be an option uh, on, on how to attack this team is Lee Wynn getting wide as well with Atuesta providing cover uh, a little bit deeper. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, I think you're probably going to see your normal four three three as always. You know, mm-hmm. but I think it's I think the one thing that you're saying, like it's it's composure, right? I think that's the word to describe how Lee can affect this game, and and it's something that I think we have we've lacked at times against the Galaxy, and it's the one thing I think we've needed is just in the midfield, especially when they're playing these deep blocks. Are you trying to just force balls that you know that you shouldn't, or can you just take the ball? You know, if they're going to sit back, you continue to advance it forward with the dribble, right? And then from there, start seeing the runners and make that that final ball passer, right? And when we've when we've asked Latif to do it again, it's never been Latif's strong suit, right? It's to make a final ball pass, but and even K to a certain degree, he's done it in in at times, but it's never, you know, again, it, he's not going to be mistaken for you know Kevin De Bruyne, and so right. it's one of those situations where you know you're you're your closest to that is probably going to be some someone like Lee, who's been in the league, who's been in the MVP. Was he MVP or was he? One he was year? in the running. In the running, was, yeah. I mean, I he was like top three or something like that. Yeah, so a guy that you know has been one of the better players in the league for you know for a long time, pre you know prior to coming to LAFC, and so <clears throat> you're. He's been there and done that before in these in in the playoffs, in the cup, in the biggest moments, and so for to have a guy like that who can step in and and, and now just kind of control the midfield, you know, and I think that's something that we've even from the early days when Horta was still here, that was the one thing I think that we lacked was a midfield controller, and I think this is mm-hmm. Lee's opportunity to come in and kind of do that because we haven't needed, you know, when you're up by as many goals as we have been at certain times this season, you haven't needed really to control the game at all. Um, in fact, you almost welcome the frantic, the franticness of it. But you know, there's a time and a place for rock and roll football. You know, in some of these bigger cup moments, you have to be okay winning one nil. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else on the midfield here? No, I think that's it. Okay. I mean, largely, I think you have to avoid the Galaxy midfield, which I assume is going to be made up of Alvarez, Legette, and. Jonathan Santos because that's who they always play. Fabio Alvarez is always playing in that forward position, uh, doing everything he can to keep Atuesta out of the game. I think that task becomes much more difficult with Lee Wynn also in the midfield um, because he's a guy that you can't just leave on the ball like Mark Anthony K and kind of rely on the fact that he's going to make an ill-advised pass that one of the defenders can step in front of. Um but largely, I think you need to skip the midfield as they often do with ours by playing wide. Uh, and if you attack the wings, as soon as you get past that midfield, the Galaxy are 
complete mess. And they are no match for our front three. They're no match for probably our second choice front three either. Um, so it really is just about getting past their midfield because that's their uh, that's where all their money is, is in the midfield and in, and in the attack. Um, I would assume we're going to see the same front three that we've seen for the past month and a half, which is Vela, Rossi, and and uh, Rodriguez in some combination. If it's me, I'm starting Vela on the right wing because that's where I want him. I want him uh, against whatever player they decide to play at left back this time, uh, which is this revolving door of center backs and Skelvik and other really weak defenders. So I put him out there. I'd probably put Rossi central and Brian Rodriguez on the opposite side and make the Galaxy contend with two really good wingers. Um, and I think the, the best thing you can do against the Galaxy is if you get to the if you get to the back line to the goal line, they they can't defend that that cross because there's never any midfielders tracking back to win that that ball. So you crossing from the from the goal line to the penalty spot, I think, is one of the most dangerous things that you can do against them. Yeah, you know, and I think that isolation out wide is again, I think that the thing that we've missed with Vela playing centrally, although he's definitely shown up, you know, obviously scoring three goals centrally in the last game is pretty nice as well, you know, but, um, you know, I, I think you're going to see a, probably a big mix, right? You'll see them flip, you'll see them move, but I, I think you torment the outside for, you know, for 60 minutes and then you make, you know, then you make that move probably to, mm-hmm. to Diamande up the middle. Now, after you've gotten tired chasing around those guys, running around, interchanging, moving, doing all those different things, then all of a sudden you put in this big bruising center forward who you know who welcomes the physicality of it, and I'm sure is NC, you know, is NC to get back on the field and to just start, you know, beating people up in all the best ways. So you know, again, I I think you're not without a wealth of options in terms of how to attack them. You know, and I think the biggest concern to me is again just their their ability to stay composed in the midfield and link 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 the midfield midfield play, which again didn't happen all that well in the previous game. Yeah, one of the things that I would personally love to see is so we play with inverted inverted wingers, right? And I really do think that we need to stay away from the middle of the field. So I don't want to see him cutting in too much. Like I said, I'd rather see them. Uh, running past the fullbacks and getting to the end line there. Um, when Dio does come in, I would love to see Vela and Rodriguez switch for a while at that point and play like more traditional wingers where they're going to try crossing the ball in. Not, you know, not these ill-advised uh, Galaxy or Portland Timbers crosses that we see that are just praying to find the the head of Zlatan or uh, Brian Fernandez, but smart crosses on the ground. Um, because I, I, to me, having to defend against basically a false nine and, and inverted wingers is so different than how you would defend against a traditional winger and a big bruising uh, center forward at that point. I think that could really undo them if you make a switch like that. Yeah, or I mean, and I think the other option is depending on how the game is going. Right, it it becomes a matter of sitting the midfielders deeper and then having having the. the um, having the fullbacks provide that service in that same way. 
right? Yeah. And so that's yeah. your other option is having the you know having Blackman get to the end line, which you saw a lot in that last game, and then him hitting that low cross just across the face of goal, and then one of the three forwards getting on the end of it, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's definitely something you can probably see. Uh, I can definitely see happening in this game because again, if 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 you tuck in your forwards, you know, in you know, so you're at the edge of the eighteen. Um, or on on the edge of the penalty box with all three forwards, and then you play that overlap to the outside. Now, what happens is that that defense starts to get you know again. You get you have to make that choice right as a as a fullback. Do you play the forward in the middle of the pitch, or do I play this guy out here? If you play one, now that's when, um, or if you play the the man, that's when you're going to have a little you, that cutback. It's just a matter of timing coming back to coming back if you play outside now that leaves free runners to come from the middle of the field so again i think you're not without you're probably not without a wealth of options there to be able to see where does this thing go yeah and one thing you said there about sitting the midfield deep is it's definitely something you can do like we said once you get past their midfield they're they're a complete mess you can beat their back four with two players um so it's not like it's not like you need to completely overload the box just to score a goal on them uh, because their defense isn't all that effective. So it's okay if you decide, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna sit Atuesta down uh, right in between the center backs, and we're even gonna leave Latif Blessing a little deeper with Lee Wynn pushing him forward into the attack, or vice versa. Lee Wynn doesn't have the recovery speed, so we're gonna sit him a little bit deeper along with with Atuesta. Almost like a four-two-three-one, although we know that we play a four-three-three uh, religiously, and and that's fine. Um, I just think you change those roles up just a little bit um, to yeah, provide I mean, the fullback cover. For and like you're forward. saying, that's a tactical thing that that you can do without shifting away from your principle, right? Like the four-three-three right, right. is essentially the starting point, right? I think that was Vince's famous line. And so yeah. from there, it's just a matter of okay, as the game goes on and you see certain things happening. Okay, if we know that we have to continue to push the fullbacks high, then we have to make sure that we sit two of the midfielders deeper to to counter that, like you were saying, right, or or vice versa. Right. I think it's as simple as saying, as giving the the instruction that Lee, if you play the ball in to Tristan Blackman or Stephen Betashore on the wing, now you're sitting back. Like there's no getting into the attack after that because one, we don't need you, and two, we'd rather have you back to to help defend on the counter, which is, I mean, that's how they're going to play. It's going to be a direct ball either to Zlatan or behind the fullbacks to, to Pavone. So uh, you can, you can count on that just as you can on anything else in this match. So to me, it, it is simple. It is that simple of an instruction play. If you play the ball out wide and somebody's overlapping, you take their spot. And now we're, now we're out of those pickles. Yeah. And I, and I think you do that by, like going back to our, our earlier point, just by being composed, right? Not being in a hurry, you know. Yeah. Like if you if you turn over the ball over in the press, right? Don't think that you have to hit that pass immediately, right? It's turn the ball over now. Take a moment to survey, then go, right? But it's one of those things where the yeah. last time was like you turn over and then just try to hit one hot through th- seven people, and it's just a ping pong tournament essentially. Yeah. And again, that's what you have to kind of stay away from. In, in this, no, that's a good point. There's like no, this. there's no need to to counterattack Galaxy because you can just you can attack them straight up and you can score, uh, especially with the quality that LAFC has. Um, 
So I, I, I really can't. I mean, I know that we've said it several times so far on tonight's show, but I don't think you can overstate that point enough that you can take your time, you can be patient, and you can still score all the goals you need to without necessarily uh, playing uh, playing a counterattack right off the press. So yeah. couldn't agree I think, with you more there. I think it was, I think it was Vince or Max today said in the podcast that dropped today was you want to score goals. You just, you know, you just don't need to score them all at once. Right. Mm, and yeah. I think there was a, it was like when that first goal came in early up from, um, from Pavone to Zlatan, right. I think that was the first goal of the game where Pavone just kind of cut through. Yeah. Right. That, um, yep, you know, it. when that, when that happens in what the fifth or sixth minute, right. The franticness to try to get it all back at once was all there. Right. And then that's when you started seeing it just go nuts. And I think that's what they have to be careful to stay away from is, is you can score goals, but it doesn't have to be all within a two minute span. Right. You know, we don't need that Atlanta game where you're scoring four goals in X minutes. Right. If you're going to do that, do it after you've broken, you know, you've, you know, grinded, grind them down and wore them down over the course of 70 minutes and then just pour it on. Right. In the last 20 when they don't have anything left. Um, yeah, as opposed to, right. you know, again, shooting your shot early and then all of a sudden you don't, you're the one who ha- doesn't have anything left for the stretch run. Yeah, <clears throat> totally agree. All right. Anything else to get to tonight or I think we've covered it pretty well. Yeah, no, I'm just, again, I think I'm just as excited, just as anxious about this game coming up. And so fortunately my viewing is going to be a little bit nicer than most because um, I'll be watching it from Hawaii, but uh, you know, there you go. And you'll be watching in the afternoon too. Yeah. I think it'll be like a three o'clock start or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Josh. Well, thanks for coming on. Where can we find you at? LEFC Josh on Twitter. Probably not for the next couple of days as you will be. No, I'll probably still be on there. Let's be real. When you're sitting in airports (laughs) and nobody can give up Twitter. Games like this are coming on. I'm I'm definitely going to be on there just talking nonsense. All right. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can email us at the counterpress show at gmail.com. Please send us any more questions you have. We'll answer them over Twitter. Um, And I decided Josh just now that uh, I'm going to start signing off in a new way. Hashtag Burhalter out. I like it. That is how we're going to end every show. So there you have it. Uh, We want Burhalter out of the, well, we want the Burhalters, I should say. Let's do, let's do that. Hashtag Burhalters out um, because I want his brother fired too. Uh, but until Thursday night, that is all we have. And hopefully we'll be talking to you about moving on to the into the conference finals. Josh, good night, man. Good night.